scripture I enjoy reading from time to time, thinking about in the 19th chapter of the gospel according to Luke. Every true man of God, and God gives him themes to preach, and some things God uses him in particular for. This is one of mine, and um, I love to preach the gospel, aspects of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I believe that you get what you preach about. Amen. And so... From this 19th chapter, let's consider the first 10 verses. Follow along with me in your Bible. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came in, came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'd like to talk about repentance this afternoon. Repentance, the gateway to salvation. Repentance, the gateway to salvation. This particular story in the New Testament is one of the most excellent examples in the scripture of what repentance looks like and sounds like. And I love this story about this particular uh, man, Zacchaeus, because he was willing to do whatever was necessary to be right with God. He was a little man, but he was a big man. <laughs> because he was willing to come down from his exalted political position in society to get acquainted with Jesus. And he came to understand that day that he, that is Zacchaeus, was lost. He was lost and he didn't know he was lost. 
But that day he came to understand that he was lost and that Jesus searched for him and found him so he could save him. <laughs> for that is what Jesus Christ came into the world to do, not to bring holidays. But the Bible tells us very clearly here in verse 10 that the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And he's not talking about lost things. He's talking about lost people. Now, another important truth that this particular story tells us or teaches us is this. In order to experience God's salvation, God's deliverance from sin, God's forgiveness from sin, and the new life that can only come to you through Jesus Christ our Lord, you must repent first. You cannot experience God's salvation unless you first repent. And this is what the Apostle Peter made clear in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. If you'll turn over to chapter 2 and take a look at verse 38. While you're turning, I'll, I'll tell you what verse 37 says. Peter was preaching. He was the first preacher in the New Testament church. And uh, Josephus, a great um, uh, Jewish historian, uh, said that Peter preached that day for four hours. Don't get nervous. I know we have communion, so I have no intention of preaching for four hours. We might need a four-hour message, but not today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But he preached for four hours, and uh, he got great results because the Scripture said that when he got through preaching, 3,000 souls were added to the 120 that had received the Holy Ghost. So it was worth it. Praise the Lord. Amen. But nevertheless, Peter was preaching that day about Jesus Christ, who he was, his purpose for coming. And he just laid it out there to the Jews and let them know that with their crooked, cruel hands, I should say, they were responsible for the crucifixion, for the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and he preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost so much so until the Spirit of God touched their hearts, pricked their hearts, made them feel sad and sorry about what they had done. They were guilty as charged. And they asked Peter and they asked the rest of the disciples of Christ who were called apostles at that time, men and brethren, what must we do? And here was his response in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Look and see it for yourself. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, people are claiming to be saved today without repenting from their sins. And no one who practices sin will enter into the kingdom of God. All sins must be forgiven if you expect to go to heaven. You're not going to get in if you are practicing sin, if you are sinning, praise the Lord, if you refuse to come out of your sins. Now, the question that's appropriate at this point is what 
then is repentance. Well, according to uh, the, the, the Greek word that was used for repentance in the New Testament original writings, it means to change one's mind. You change your mind in response to conviction that the Holy Ghost is working in your heart. Amen. Sometimes we only think about the Holy Ghost in terms of the tongues, but I want you to know this afternoon that the Holy Ghost begins working on you long before you actually receive it. It is at work in your heart. This, this is one reason why you don't need to doubt whether you're going to receive it or doubt whether you can receive it because it's gotten you to the place that you're calling on the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. You might not have felt a lot of shaking or rumbling or jumping up and down, but it's already at work. And he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You don't come to the place where you want to call on the name of the Lord by yourself. The Holy Ghost works that desire in you. And you need to lift your hands and say thank you. Praise the Lord. So as the Holy Ghost begins to work on you and open your eyes to what your life is really like and what sin is like and, and what the Lord Jesus is like, praise God, you begin to feel bad about your shortcomings, your failures, your sin, praise the Lord. And the response to that is to change your mind. And, and true repentance is the result then of godly sorrow. Godly sorrow precedes, comes before repentance. Amen. And in this godly sorrow uh, includes the determination on your part to forsake all known sin in your life. And so when, when one truly repents, their change of mind is evidence in their turning from practicing sin to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. When you really repent, amen, you are going to make a change. Praise the Lord, our God. Amen. And as we read here in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we see that repentance is the first in three steps of being born again. Remember what Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You must repent, you must be baptized, and you must receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're not saved, you're not going to heaven. This public acknowledgement that I accept the Lord in my heart as my personal Savior sounds good, but it's not in here. People are telling folks they're saved because they made that public declaration. But Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When those three things have happened, amen, you have been transformed by the mighty power of God. Until that time, you're not going to make it into heaven. Praise the Lord. So don't try to, uh, you know, convince yourself that you're all right because you haven't murdered anybody, because you, don't, you haven't told any purposeful lies today, 
Because you haven't cheated on your income tax. You know, we find all kinds of reasons to justify ourselves. Even comparing ourselves to other people that we think are bad and saying, well, I'm not as bad as them. I don't do what they do. But all unrighteousness, the Bible says, is sin. Praise the Lord. The scripture says there is none righteous, no, not one, none that understandeth, none that seek after God. The Lord sought after us. We didn't seek after him. John said we love him because he first loved us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. And, and know this, repentance is not an optional step. Because you don't hear much about this anymore. You don't hear preachers preaching about turning away from sin, repenting from your sins. But it's not an optional step in the process of being reconciled to God. Amen. If there's no repentance, there is no new spiritual birth. Praise the Lord. And repentance is for everyone. We know it's for the sinner, but it's also for those of us who claim to be saints. Because we remember the Old Testament scripture in 2 Chronicles 7.14 that says, God said, if my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Praise the Lord. And so here in this story in the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, amen, we have just a wonderful object lesson. For Jesus Christ entered into and passed through Jericho. Apparently Jericho was where Zacchaeus was. Jesus Christ is coming to town. <laughs> Matter of fact, he's already in town. Amen. He makes personal visits. When I was a little boy and I would get sick, my mother would call Dr. Greenblatt. And Dr. Greenblatt would come to the house with his little black bag and his stethoscope and whatever else he had in that bag. He would come to the house, to our household, and he would check me out. Let my mother know what was wrong and prescribe medicine or whatever was needed for me to get better. You know, back in those days, the doctors made house calls. Praise the Lord. You didn't call them and get a busy signal or call and get your assistant and you get put off into next neverary. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But they came to the house. And they didn't come next never ever. They came relatively soon to the time that you called. Praise the Lord. Well, Jesus Christ is still in the business of making house calls. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. He knows the circumstances of your life. He knows what's going on inside you. Praise the Lord. And uh, since he knows all this in the story, he knew Zacchaeus. And he knew that this was Zacchaeus' time. And he knew the town he lived in. So he came to the town he lived in. How about that? Praise the Lord. Amen. He came to Jericho. Amen. And there was a man there that most folks would say, this is impossible for this man to be saved. He doesn't want to be saved. Amen. We can have ideas about people, praise God, but Jesus knows each one of us. Praise the Lord. Amen. What do we know about Zacchaeus according to the scripture? Well, he was a publican. He was a tax collector. Praise the Lord. Uh, but uh, uh, understand this. He was a Jew who was collecting tax from his fellow Jewish people for the Romans. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Now, most of us aren't infatuated with the IRS agents, are we? Praise the Lord. Amen. But at least they're citizens of our country collecting tax. This man was, was almost, as it were, kind of working against them. He was collecting money, and some of them were pretty crooked. They'd ask for more tax that was due to give it to the Romans and to put some in their own pocket. Amen. Not only was he a publican, a tax collector, but the Bible says he was the chief. Hmm? He was the big dog, if you want to call him that, in town that came to collecting taxes. Praise the Lord. He probably had some kind of Ponzi scheme going where all his other little minions, he had to give him a certain cut of what they got to line his pocket because the Bible says, and he was rich. My, my. Praise God. So here we have a tax collector who wasn't known to be honest. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Who was rich. But, 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 amen. Uh, even though we can say already, I know he's a sinner. <laughs> I know he's a thief. I know whatever, whatever about him. We can suppose things from him about him. Praise God. One thing is that he wanted to see Jesus. Who is this Jesus? He must have been mighty in work and in power because he didn't have a television program. He didn't have a radio broadcast. He didn't have uh, the internet, praise God, in YouTube or live stream or uh, any of these tools. He didn't have Snapchat, praise God. He didn't have any of these tools, amen, that people use to get the word out today, amen. But because of the power that was in him and the deliverance that he was working among people, amen, all he needed was the best kind of marketing in town and that is word of mouth. Amen. People just begin to talk about this man, Jesus, because he was different than anyone else they had ever heard of, they had ever seen, or they had ever known. Wherever he was, amen, he made a difference. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Nothing was more powerful than him because Jesus Christ was God in flesh. Praise the Lord. And he was on a mission. Uh, that's according to what we see in verse 10. Amen. He was seeking to save the lost. Hallelujah. Amen. And so yeah, he, was, he was on a mission to find lost people, people lost in their sins so he could deliver them from their sins. And I don't know about you, but for those of you this afternoon that were found, I'm glad he found me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So no matter what you think about Zacchaeus, no matter what we know about him, no matter what speculation we want to drum up about him, amen, the Bible says he sought. Do you see that word there? This wasn't just a casual desire, but he sought to see Jesus, who he was. Something in Zacchaeus, hallelujah, was already at work. Amen. Yeah, he had heard about him and amen, something was already operating within Zacchaeus's heart and his mind. Amen. I, 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 think he, I think he wanted to know more than what color are his eyes. I think he wanted to know more than how tall is he. I think he wanted to know more than how long is his hair. I think he wanted to know more than what does his voice sound like. Amen. Praise God. There was something about about Jesus, something that he had heard about Jesus that made him want to seek after him. 
<laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Bible says he sought to see Jesus who he was. Amen. But uh, he had some problems there. He had some hindrances. Uh, every time you make up your mind, I'm going to seek the Lord. Uh, you know, the Old Testament prophet says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Well, every time you make up your mind, you're going to seek the Lord. I guarantee you that demons of darkness, the devils of hell, amen, are going to try to hinder you. They, they don't come directly to try to work through some one or some circumstance of life amen to keep you from from uh, uh, finding Jesus praise the Lord hallelujah praise God amen and so he had some hindrances the first hindrance we learn about is that amen he couldn't see him because of the press that press uh, is an old English word that means crowd there, there were a number of people that wanted to see him but maybe nobody that really wanted to see him like Zacchaeus wanted to see him maybe nobody that really wanted to see him for the reason that Zacchaeus wanted to see him. Praise God. Thank God again for his Holy Spirit that begins to work in our hearts even before we know what is going on. Praise God. Hallelujah to the Lord. Amen. And so there was a crowd there. Amen. And what the hell, what, 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 what was worse is that Zacchaeus was a short man. He wasn't a tall guy. If he was a tall man like Saul, the king in the Old Testament, who stood head and shoulders above everybody else you could have just stood in the crowd and looked out there and saw Jesus praise the Lord but he was short in stature amen praise God some of you short folk you know what I'm talking about amen you go to the parade and if you don't get a front seat praise God you ain't gonna see nothing you might hear the band playing the trombones slides might be going you ain't gonna see nothing all you're gonna see is the back of somebody's back if there's such a thing, the back of somebody's head, your ears are working, but your eyes are, you struggling, praise God, trying to get to the front. Amen. If you're short, you need to be in the front. Is that all right? Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And Zacchaeus was, was short. Amen. And the crowd was large. And these things were hindering him. And, and he could have been of such mind that he said, listen, amen, this is impossible. I cannot see Jesus. The crowd is too great. I'm too short. Why don't I just forget about this and go home? I'll read tomorrow's newspaper. I'll look at the, at the, at the news report. The cameraman, amen, can show him to me. I can see him, but uh, Zacchaeus made up his mind. He said, listen, I might be short and the crowd might be great, but I want to see him. Something inside me, praise God, amen, causes me to want to get to this man, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. He had, amen, a desire in him, a push in him, a drive in him, praise God, and that's what you have to have, amen, if you really want to know Jesus Christ for yourself, praise God. So he said, I know what I'll do. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to just forget about this and go home and have somebody tell me about it. I know the route. I know where he's going, praise God. Amen. Amen. He's coming down this way, down this street. And, and praise God, he's not here yet. So I'm going to run ahead. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so he got it. You know, when you really want Jesus, uh, praise God, you find yourself doing some things to position yourself to receive. It might mean you got to come out of that church. Praise God, where you know ain't nothing going on right in that place. Praise God.
God, the folks singing in the choir, amen, were in the club with you last night. Praise God, the preacher's got a few girlfriends on the side and a, and a wife, and he might have a few boyfriends. I, hallelujah to God. You, you know, amen, he's telling you you need to live better, but he's still sipping on the wine, drinking beer, sucking cigars, and blowing cigarette smoke in your face. Praise God. His tongue still slips, and he's cursing every now and then. Praise God. When, when you really want to see Jesus, you're saying, I've got to make some changes. I've got to position myself, amen, so I can see the master. Hallelujah. Something down in me, praise God, is driving me, praise God, to want to get, I want deliverance. I want to be saved. I don't want to keep living like I'm living. Zacchaeus was no doubt saying, yeah, my pockets are full of money. I've got several credit cards in my wallet. I've got some stocks. I've got some bonds. I've got some property, some real estate. I own all kinds of stuff. I'm rich, but I'm not satisfied. Things in this life don't bring lasting satisfaction. You begin to worry about whether somebody's going to steal it from you or cheat you from it. You don't even trust your accountant. You find it hard to trust your lawyer. You wonder if they're holding out on you. Praise the Lord, amen. You're worried that you might get sick or some calamity come upon you. Hallelujah to the Lord. So things in this life don't satisfy in and of themselves. They might bring momentary satisfaction. It just doesn't last long. Hallelujah. Praise God. But something in your soul, praise God, is looking for something that, that money can't buy. Looking for something that flesh can't satisfy. Hallelujah. Praise God. When something down in your soul, praise God, when you make up your mind, you want to get right with God. Hallelujah. You don't want to play around anymore because he sees the evil and he sees the good. Amen. His finger is constantly writing. He's keeping track of everything we say, everything we do, every place we go. He knows our thoughts before we get them. Praise God. When you really want to get right with God, praise God, you begin to break up on the inside and you realize, amen, no more game playing. Hallelujah. No more fakery here. No more foolishness. No more trying to fool anybody. Praise God. I want to see Jesus. I want him to change me. Hallelujah. I want him to do for me what no one else can do for me. Hallelujah. Amen. And so he began to get ahead of the crowd. And when he got ahead of the crowd, he said, I'm a short man. Amen. But I see some trees here. Amen. And so the Bible said he climbed a sycamore tree. There are some people that say the sycamore was a very slick tree and tough to climb. Maybe, maybe not. Amen. It doesn't matter. Praise God. He climbed the tree. He said, listen, I'm ahead of the crowd now and I'm taller than everybody else. I'm not going to miss him. I'm going to see him. I want to see him. I must see him. I've got to see Jesus. And so praise God. Amen. He overcame all his hindrances. Overcame all his barriers. Let me tell you something. If you really want to know Jesus for yourself, he'll give you overcoming power. Do I have a witness? He will help you to ride high on his wings. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what's troubling you. 
I don't care what bad breath the devil is breathing huh, to try to get you, amen, to forget about it. Huh? Praise God, he'll stir up things in your home. He'll mess with you on the job. He'll try to touch your body and afflict you and make you sick. Huh? He'll make you feel like you're losing your mind. Huh? Rebuke all of that. Praise God. Say, I don't care what you do to me, Satan. Huh? I'm not going to stay with you any longer. Huh? I'm not going to keep sinning huh? and have my soul destroyed. Huh? Praise the Lord. I tell you, somebody said the Lord uh, will make a way somehow. Huh? Yes, he will. Huh? When you really want to know him, huh? when you really want to get close to him, huh? when you really want to walk with him and talk with him, huh? when you really want to feel his presence, huh? hallelujah, he'll make a way for you. Somebody said uh, out of no way. Huh? Hallelujah to the Lord. Huh? Praise God. And so they tell me Zacchaeus huh? got down the road. He climbed the sycamore tree. Huh? He positioned himself now. Huh? I'm going to see him. Huh? I don't expect to talk to him. I just want to see Jesus. Huh? Hallelujah. I don't know what's going to come out of it, huh? but I just want to see him. Huh? Hallelujah. Huh? I just feel in my spirit. Huh? I feel in the inward portion of me. Huh? If I can just see Jesus, huh? something's going to happen. Huh? My life, my heart, my spirit huh? is going to be changed huh? if I can just see him. Hallelujah. Huh? And so here he was huh? positioned perfectly now huh? and the crowd is coming huh? and Jesus is coming huh? and he expected in his natural mind huh? that he was just going to pass on by huh? and he could say I saw him. Huh? Hallelujah. But when Jesus got to the tree huh? where Zacchaeus was huh? maybe no one else looked up. Huh? Maybe when no one else noticed huh? that there's this Zacchaeus of all people huh? little short rich man huh? I wish I could get him and get my money back. Huh? Praise God maybe nobody else noticed him huh? but old little short rich Zacchaeus was up in the tree huh? and when Jesus got to the tree huh? he stopped huh? and he looked up I tell you he'll find you huh? because he came to find you. Huh? You're lost huh? in your trespasses and your sin. Huh? You're lost huh? in the can't help us. Huh? You're lost huh? in your anger and in your pride. Huh? You're lost in your lust. Huh? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord our God. Huh? You're lost in your evil thinking and your wicked doing. Huh? You're lost in your drugs. You're lost in your alcohol. You're lost huh? Amen. in your tobacco. You're lost in your lying tongue and your mean spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You're lost. You're a faker. You're a phony. You're lost in that stuff. Praise God. You know you're not right. You're caught up in beauty. Praise God. But God has something for that's better than natural beauty. Come on and say, man. I wonder if there's somebody today that said, praise God, I'm lost. I'm sitting in the house huh? but I'm lost huh? praise the Lord our God I'm coming to church huh? but I'm lost huh? hallelujah I'm functioning but I'm lost huh? hallelujah something in me huh? just doesn't feel right something in me huh? praise God just doesn't let me behave myself huh? like I ought to behave myself huh? I haven't always felt 
this way, but I feel lost. I need Jesus to seek for me. I need Jesus to search for me. I need Jesus to find me. Let the church say amen. Oh, yeah, they tell me that Jesus stopped at the foot of that sycamore tree. He knew where it was. He made it. He caused that tree to come up out the ground because he knew from the beginning of time this is where Zacchaeus is going to climb up to try to see me. Hallelujah. That tree had a special function since the beginning of time. Whoa, glory. Nothing is by chance. Nothing is by accident. Nothing is by happenstance. It's all the plan of God. Shout yeah. They tell me Jesus stopped and he looked up and no doubt Zacchaeus was shocked. He couldn't believe he saw him. He couldn't believe Jesus was noticing him. He was speechless. Hallelujah. All he knew, he was looking down into the eyes of Jesus. And Jesus was looking up into the eyes of Zacchaeus. And something was happening inside Zacchaeus when they made eye to eye contact. Come on, friend. Hallelujah. When, when, when you touch Jesus, when you get close to Jesus, when you, when you, when you, when you let him find you, something is going to change right from the onset. He's going to be working in you, working in your mind, working in your heart, working in your soul, working in your spirit. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? Jesus stopped and began began to talk to Zacchaeus like they were longtime friends. Hallelujah to God. Talk to Zacchaeus like he knew him from a long time ago. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus. He didn't say to the person next to him, what's the name of that man that's up in that tree? He didn't say, do you know him? He knows you. He knows me. He can call us by our name. He knew us before we had parents. He knew us when we were born. When our parents didn't know what to call us, he had a name for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. And at the risk of getting ahead of myself, for those of us that will be saved, he's already got a new name written down in glory. You don't know what it is, and I don't know what it is yet, but he's already wow, glory, selected our name. Hallelujah. And we're just waiting to get there to be renamed. Let the church say amen. Praise the Lord. He said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come on down. Hallelujah. Come on down is what you got to do out of your arrogance. Come on down is what you got to do out of your self-justification. Come on down is what you got to do out of your pride. You think you're more than what you are. But Jesus knows all about every one of us. You can hide it from your mother and your father, your sister and your brother, your uncle and your aunt, your friend and your neighbor. 
but he knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you've said. He knows what's in the recesses of your mind. Hallelujah. You can't hide from him. Can't fool him. Can't get away from him. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus, make haste. Come on, son. Get in a hurry and come on down because I'm inviting myself to your house. John said on the Isle of Patmos, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I'll come in. I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to see you. I know your address. I know your situation. I know where you live. I'm coming to your door. I'm going to knock on your door. If you open, if you open up, if you open up, if you stretch wide, hallelujah, and let me in, I will come in. I will come in. Jesus said, I will. Hallelujah. All you got to do, hallelujah, be open and honest. I'm going to come in. Mm. I'm going to sup with you. I'm going to eat with you. I'll be your God. You can be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. But you can't pretend you don't need me to clean you up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So what does Zacchaeus do? He obeyed. Huh? He slid right down. He shimmied right down. He got down in a hurry. Mm. Amen. He got down in a hurry. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. And when he got down, he was happy because he, Jesus met him. The Bible said he received him joyfully. I wonder if anybody, amen, has the joy of Jesus in their heart and soul. Amen. He was feeling kind of uh, bad here. Amen. But it was a mixed emotion. He was feeling bad about his sin, but he was happy he was found. You know, when you got a burden of sin on you, you crafty, you're slick. You try to hide. But somewhere along the line, you get tired of hiding. You know you're going to be found out after a while. Huh? You don't know if it'll be today, tomorrow, next week, next month, but you can't keep it up. Sinners are sloppy. You get sloppy after a while. Hallelujah. And you're going to be found out. Huh? When he got down to that bottom of that tree and he saw Jesus, the Bible said he received him joyfully. Huh? Come on to my house. Hallelujah. I, I dare not invite you. I just wanted to see you. But somewhere in here, I really wanted to invite you. Mm? I really wanted to invite you. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
And you know there's all kind of folks standing around here. And you're always going to have a discourager. When you make up your mind to do right, there's always going to be somebody, some demon or devil or somebody with the devil in them that's going to try to discourage you from doing what you know you need to do to get right with God. Your rationale to start making justifications. When I don't think I need to do all that. I don't think I need to tell that. Huh? I don't think I need to be that open. That's nobody's business but mine. Hmm? Come on now. Your friends. You say they're friends. Because no good friend would keep you from Jesus. You get involved in something like that. Over there, they can't do this. They can't do that. They can't do the other. Huh? But they don't tell you what you can do. They don't tell you, praise God, that the first time you can't have peace. You can't have joy. You can't have love. You can't have deliverance. Hallelujah. You can't have peace of mind. Thank you, Jesus. The little things you worried about giving up, praise the Lord, it ain't nothing compared to what you're going to get. This will change your whole life for the better. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Folk get stuck on what they can't do, what they got to give up. It's nothing but trinkets and, 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 and uh, little uh, uh, fictitious stuff of the world. Praise the Lord. Let it all go. Let it all go. Hallelujah. You might have to let go of some people. Like these discouraged. He'd go into the house. You know, some people even talk bad about Jesus. So why do you think they're going to talk bad about you? They're going to talk bad about Jesus. He'd go into the house of a sinner. Well, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Where else? Where better to find a sinner but in his house? Go where the sinner is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Problem with most folks, they don't realize there's a lot of sinners right in the church with a lot of bad attitudes and bad spirits who are putting on and pretending and playing one thing in the church and another thing out the church. Sometimes there are two things in the church. But you can get delivered from that fakery. You don't have to be fake. You don't have to be a phony. Huh? Praise the Lord. And so Zacchaeus stood there looking into the eyes of Jesus. Now that he was down the tree, he was a short man, so I don't know how tall Jesus was, but he probably had to look up. And I don't care how tall you are, if you're going to see Jesus, you got to look up. You got to look up. Praise the Lord. He looked up and he began to open up. You know? Praise the Lord. Got to the house. The Bible said, and he stood. He didn't want to even say this sitting down. He stood. And he said, Lord, I've got something to say. Hallelujah. You see, repentance runs deep. True repentance runs deep. It runs so deep, it's like a radical change in one's thinking, that is your intellect, in one's feelings, that is your emotion, and in one's desires, that is your will. Praise the Lord. In your mind, in your thinking, you've got to come to understand that sin is a terrible thing. Hmm? 
You can't patty cake with it. You can't play with it. You can't put a little uh, a bit of it on your hand and keep it behind your back. You can't stuff a little under your mattress or hide a little under your pillow. Sin is a terrible thing. It destroys Everything it's involved with, everything it touched, it destroyed. It may not whack you out all at one moment, but it will get you. For the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. Hmm? And it destroys every aspect of your being. I don't care how good you think you are. Sin is going to take you down. Hmm? Also have to come to understand the word of God in this Bible is right. Hmm? You can go to some churches and no one preaches from the Bible, no one teaches from the Bible, nobody reads scripture. But God's word is truth. Hmm? Jesus said, ye shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. You've got to get into this Bible. Praise the Lord. Huh? For these are the words of eternal life. No one is wiser than God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to open up this Bible. It's got to do more than sit on the coffee table for those of you that still have a coffee table. It's got to do more than sit on the nightstand. Huh? Some of us today, especially with this technology, we read whatever craziness is going on on our computers, on our smartphones, on our tablets, more than we read the Bible. That's a shame because most of the stuff that's on there don't matter. But what's in here matters. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And sin is a terrible thing. And the word of God is true. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, when you begin to read that Bible, it's like a light. And lights shine and they make manifest, doesn't light. Praise God. The apostle Paul said, you know, when I... When I begin to consider God's truth and I let that light from heaven shine on me, he said, I came to this conclusion, seventh chapter of the book of Romans, I believe it is verse 25. I think He said, my evaluation of myself resulted in this, O wretched man that I am. Hmm? It'll show you that your thoughts, your behavior are terrible if they're influenced by sin. Hmm? You can do all right for a little while, but you're slipping and sliding back into what you said you wouldn't do anymore. You need deliverance. And that deliverance comes through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. He can give you the no mores. Hallelujah. So you don't go back to that stuff no more. I know it may not be grammatically correct, but you know what I'm talking about. No more. No more drinking, no more drugging, no more sexing, no more lying, no more cheating, no more being a phony, no more blowing up and yelling and screaming like a crazy person. Huh? No more. He can change you. <clears throat> Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hmm? Amen. It works on your intellect and it works on your feelings. Amen. There's an emotional element to true repentance. When the, when the sinner understands that their ways are sinful and they represent gross disrespect to God, 
they feel deep sorrow. People claiming they're saved now and they feel no sorrow for their sins. They just keep on hopping, keep on doing what they're doing. Well, Reverend so-and-so said I was saved. I came up to the front of the church and I said I accepted the Lord in my heart as my personal savior. I'm saved and they don't feel bad about anything. I'm talking about their conduct, their life, their talk, huh? their thoughts. But true repentance gets you in your emotions. Praise the Lord. Deep sorrow begins to set in. Hallelujah. Because you're saddened by your failures and you want to get right with God. You know, you're experiencing what the Bible calls godly sorrow. Hmm? Amen. And this godly sorrow precedes repentance. Nobody repents that doesn't feel bad about their sin. No one repents that does not, that is not convicted about their sin. As long as you tell yourself it's all right, I didn't mean it, huh? They took it the wrong way. As long as you try to butter it up and try to act like it's not what it is, you're never going to repent. You need a deep sorrow. The sorrow that results in enough is enough. <clears throat> Because that sorrow is what's needed before you can repent. Isn't God wise? Hallelujah. And that repentance then is going to lead to salvation, to deliverance. Deep sorrow, repentance leads to deliverance. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if the sinner's sorrow for their sins is because they cannot have their own way, and be right with God because that's how a lot of folk are. They're angry that they have to fess up or straighten up. They're angry that they have to submit to the authority that God has placed over them. They're angry that they have to behave themselves, that their behavior or their speech or whatever it is about their lifestyle is displeasing to God. They're angry they have to give that up. Hmm. So if if the sinners sorrow for their sins because they, they cannot have their own way and be right with God or they just dread the punishment that they'll receive. That's the wrong kind of sorrow. That is the sorrow of the world. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 that that sorrow leads to death. People talking about depression, they ought to be depressed. When you don't do right and you're mad because you can't get away with it and you're stubborn and you, I'm just going, huh? You know, it amazes me. It amazes me how pe many people can go on anyhow. They can go on anyhow. You know, the, 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 no, and let me tell you something. Saved and unsaved, the Holy Ghost begins to deal with you when you go off track. No matter what it is, it begins to deal with you. And the more you ignore it, try to cover it up, try to smooth it over, try, the more time goes on, the less likely you are to get right with God. Hmm? Because you begin to build these walls of defenses 
and justifications and convince yourself, I'm all right. Time heals all wounds. I'm all right. It's not that bad. The longer you fool around in that camp, the less likely you are to get right with God. I wonder. We don't know when Jesus is coming to take his church out of the world. But sometimes I wonder if we knew that Jesus Christ was coming tonight to take true believers out of the world, to take the church out of the world like the Bible predicts. I wonder how many folk would stubbornly hold on to their stuff and almost dare God, I dare you to leave me. You can actually, you, you start flipping out. You start acting like you're God and he's you. Huh? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to humble myself to that person. I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. Huh? When you, when you start saying things like that or thinking like that, you're setting yourself up for eternal ruin. Eternal ruin. That's not how Zacchaeus was. That's not how Zacchaeus was. That's not how Zacchaeus was. Hallelujah. This this sorrow of the world works death. There's a godly sorrow, there's a sorrow of the world. The Bible says for godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world works death. If you're a sinner, you want to reach repentance by means of a heart that has experienced godly sorrow for your sins. And then the desires. They come from an area in us called the will or the volition. This is where we make the decision about how we are going to act or even if we are going to act. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If our repentance was motivated by sorrow, the kind of sorrow that comes from, I'm sad because I was caught in my sins. I'm, I'm, I'm angry because the pastor called it out. I'm angry because he won't go along with me and just pet me and make me feel all right in my stuff. I feel like he's always after me. He's always preaching about me. Well, you must be in everything then. Because you know I'm going to preach about sin and everything that ain't like God. And if, if you feel like every time I get up, I'm always after you, you, you really messed up. And it's not so much me that's after you anyway. It's the Lord. It's the Lord that's after you. Huh? And he's ringing all your buttons. He's pushing all your buttons. Bells are going off everywhere. Huh? Because you need to straighten up and you need to get right. And I'm not like these parents today that, you know, the children are wrong and they're blind, they can't see it. They go along with it. They act like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no, no. No, no, I'm, I, I wasn't raised that way and, and mother and I didn't raise when we had young children. We didn't raise them that way. If you were wrong, you got straightened out by whatever means necessary. Amen. And I didn't tear your backside up and then hug you and kiss you. Oh, no. Oh, no. And you know I don't do that here. 
If you're wrong, I, I, I let you go for a while. Hmm? Because I don't want to get wrong trying to get you straightened out. I wait till I can calm down and have the right spirit. Because it's not right for God's people to be wrong and to be stubborn and to be rooted in it. I'm going to see how far you go before you hurt yourself. Because, you know, when you go wrong, you're the first one to know it. You're the first one to know it. Don't get mad with me because the Lord used me to uncover it. You're the first one to know it. You ought to be the first one to get right. Praise the Lord. Because there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents than 99 just persons that need no repentance. Everybody that loves Lord, loves the Lord just wants to see their brother and sister do right and be right with God. You do right, I'm happy. You do wrong, it's dangerous. You're a danger to yourself and danger to everybody you're around. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So if, if, you, if you're upset, if you're sorry because you got caught, hmm, that's what's called attrition. Who told the pastor? Sometimes nobody. Or the pastor's pastor told him. Jesus Christ. Sometimes the pastor don't even know. He just pastor just slips right through the pastor and sends the word and other times other people do speak up and let and that's they're friends of the church and I'm not talking about tattletales of people just going around like little snipers or the church CIA or KGB I don't believe in that foolishness I don't play that and I'm not in, I'm not endorsing or authorizing anybody to be part of the church CIA or church KGB but I'll tell you one thing, when you love the Lord like you ought to, you love the church and you love your pastor, if there's something foul going on and you know about it, you ought to say something. You ought to say something. Because you know we don't believe that, we don't stand for that, we don't practice that. You know the word of God, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. If we let that stuff get loose in here, it'll ruin a good church. Hmm? When you're home and you see a piece of paper on the floor, if you're halfway decent, you stop and pick it up or sweep it up, throw it away. When you walk outside your house and you see paper or trash or garbage, whatever outside, you don't just walk over it. You stop, you bend your back and you pick it up. Same thing in the church. Praise the Lord. If you see something that's not right, somebody got a bad attitude or saying something they have no business saying or behaving in a way that shouldn't be or got craziness going on in their house and you know about it, say something. Amen. If you care about your soul and you care about their soul, don't keep your mouth shut and let the church be ruined. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if your repentance was motivated by true godly sorrow, you just want to get right with God. That's called contrition. Not attrition, but contrition. And you know, when people are contrite, they make no more excuse. I'm not going to blame anyone. 
I'm going to own up to my own faults and failures. I'm going to take full responsibility for myself. I want to come clean because I want to feel better. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you get sick and you're really not feeling well. You go to your doctor and your doctor says, all right, well, you're going to have to lance this or you're going to have to take this medication. And the lancing don't sound good and it don't feel good. Or the medication may not taste good. Amen. But if you want to get better, you have to take it. You go to your dentist. Doc, my mouth is killing me. Jaw, jaw swollen. Infection sitting in. Bad breath. Huh? Doc, my mouth is killing me. You see me today, Doc. Come on in. Start taking a look. How? 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 Taking a look. He said, well, well, we're going to have to pull that one. Or we're going to have to you got some periodontal disease. We're going to have to cut those gums back and go down there and do a little scrape and dig and get this. Huh? How many folks say, no, nah, that, that's all right, Doc. That's all right. I'll keep it, Doc. I just, I just keep feeling bad. No, you go ahead and sit yourself in that chair and brace yourself. Tell them, Doc, numb it up, Doc, numb it up. <laughs> For those that don't like pain. But you said, listen, Doc, we got to solve this problem. Hmm? If you need to pull it, pull it. He said, man, ain't nothing left here. This thing is rotted. I'll tell you what, we're going to have to do a root canal. I don't care what you heard about it, but if that's what you need, that's what you need. I don't care how much you don't like the drill. You got to go through the drill. You want to feel better. And sometimes for the doctor or the dentist to help you, they've got to hurt you. Hallelujah. But oh, when it's all over. And they usually don't take that long, especially if you go to the dentist, right? A few hours later, you're feeling much better. Praise the Lord. You know, it don't take long to get right. It doesn't take long to get right with God. You just have to humble yourself and experience godly sorrow. Won't you stand with me? Experience godly sorrow. And say, Lord, I'm sick and tired of lying to myself and everybody else and faking and putting on airs. I want to feel better. Yeah. In some cases, I want to feel good again. I want to feel good again. Hallelujah. And you say, this, this is the gateway. I got I to gotta go through this repentance. It leads to salvation. Hallelujah. I want to be saved. I want to be delivered. I want to be right with the Lord. I want to feel good on the inside of my chest, my mind. Huh? I want to be clean and my tongue, not worried about what my mouth is going to say. Because it can't come out of you if it's not in you. Hallelujah. Wash me and make me clean. Lord said, put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't worry about people. They can't save you. But you can come to Jesus. He's looking for you.
He's searching for you. He's calling you by your name. You feel him tugging at your heart. Hallelujah. He wants you to get right with him. Doesn't want you to be lost. Maybe there's somebody today that said, I'm tired of the pretense. I'm, I'm going to repent here and get right with God. Praise the Lord. If you're here, why don't you come on now? Just come on down here. Let us anoint you and pray with you, preachers. Amen. Somebody stand right there in the middle. As they come, just anoint them and come gather around us. Why put on any longer? <laughs>